Welcome to the Straight Out of Home Video Podcast, part of the Geeky Waffle Network. Hello, I'm Candace, and are you in or out? I have three people to discuss Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Bree, you there? I am in. You're in? Okay, Alice, are you in? I am in. Robert? I am in because that Wolverine-style gauntlet that you're wielding is, is very scary. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it is. And let's just go into something that I was completely shocked about was the villain of this piece is voiced by Jerry Orbach of Law and Order fame and Lumiere and Beauty and the Beast. And he is the one who put Baby in a corner. I was Did any of you guys realize that as kids? Shocked to hear his voice. It totally threw me. To hear his voice, actually, and John Reese davies in the same film, I was blown away by the voice cast of this of this movie. Amazing. Oh, I know. I was like, what okay. is going on? Who wants to try to give a summary of this movie? Bree, Bree, you do this. Um, all right. On the day of Aladdin and Jasmine's wedding, uh, hordes of elephants come trampling in, destroying the palace, and lo and behold, it is the 40 thieves. And we come to find out that um, Aladdin is uh, an orphan. Obviously, we knew that. But um, we come to find out more so of his sad past, and uh, all he wants is to find out uh, where his father is. And there is a staff that is the oracle. And the oracle allows one person to ask one question and she will give one answer. And she um, uh, gives Aladdin the answer of where his father is. And it is the king of thieves, um, who he is. And uh, it is, uh, it goes from there. Is that, it goes I don't from know. there. I mean, it's a long summary, um, but it, it's uh, full of childhood trauma and uh forgiveness i really like that uh spooky sexy voice you did there brie that was very you're welcome very good uh i i don't know about you guys but i really liked watching this movie it was (laughs) great it was actually really good oh it's a treat after return of jafar oh yeah robert did you watch return of jafar before this because we did I didn't. I've actually watched. My wife hadn't seen these. Uh, I grew up with both of these these sequels, so I'm really into trilogies. So when you know they made the sequels to this, I was all about. Uh, I was all about the Aladdin trilogy, and uh, I saw Return of Jafar a few months ago, so I didn't really need to revisit it. And it's it's pretty fresh in my head just in general. But uh, yeah, it, this is definitely a step up from Return of Jafar. Oh, most definitely. Um- Okay, I have one question for you guys, because the whole movie, it was on my mind, um, and it's something to do with Return of Jafar. The main royal guard, the one who gleefully wanted to behead Aladdin, is still on the payroll? Um, why? He was, why is I, he on the payroll I was still? about to say, he was following orders. <laughs> but, no, but what? he, like, gleefully wanted to kill Aladdin. He's like, ah, oh, this street rat. He dead finally because he's voiced by Jim Cummings. I guess that's why he was a huge Disney guy in the nineties. <laughs> and they also had his character design already done, right? Okay. But speaking of which, okay. Speaking of continuity, this takes place after Return of Jafar and then after the Aladdin series. And I was trying to find out why the series isn't on Disney Plus, and I couldn't find any reason yet. 
Yeah, so I was wondering hopefully. that too because I remember ch- soon after Disney Plus launched, I, I was looking for it, and it, it was the only—it's the only part of this Aladdin franchise that's not on there. They might be releasing it after a certain time because I know they're releasing like movies they have later. Uh, maybe just to keep adding content. I don't know. Yeah, it could be a copyright problem. It happens yeah, all the time. Um, but it it doesn't it doesn't make sense why they wouldn't have it if they have the return of the return of Jafar and the um uh and the King of Thieves but it might be that the um the TV release rights belong to somebody else although i mean it was on the Disney channel so you would think not but yeah um <laughs> it gets mixed up yeah but it was i mean Gosh, I was just really happy to be revisiting this this movie. I'm so glad we're doing this because uh, this was one of my favorite movies to watch as a kid. As soon as it started, as soon as the uh, party in Agrabah song started, I was I was right back in. I was seven years old again, singing along to to every word. It I had the opposite. Like when we talked about Return of Jafar before, where I was like, I don't remember most of this movie happening <laughs> like so much of this is missing because from my it's memory not worth of remembering <laughs> but it, there was i was watching the king of thieves and every scene every song just came back to me it's so much more memorable even the animation is cleaner everything it is. about it is oh, better oh so much better i'm i just i loved it and and like like we said the voice cast was amazing jerry orbach is such a good villain voice he's so good i cannot believe that this entire time it was lumiere trying to kill aladdin (laughs) as soon as he started singing in the in or out song as soon as he started singing i was like oh my gosh that's jerry orbach isn't it like it it didn't really click for me until he started singing i had i looked it up because i was like okay wait i vaguely remember this villain Suluk, I think is his name. And I was like, I remember his voice being so familiar to me as a child, but I didn't have access to IMDb when I was like seven. So <laughs> that would be uh, use that would have been useful for sure. I love I love learning stuff like that. Every time I watch a movie or I'm on I have IMDb pulled up on my phone so I can look up every actor that's ever been in it. Um, and this I mean, this was just full of full of good things. I really liked to talk about voice actors that jo- John Reese Davies comes in to play King um, to play the <laughs> King of Thieves. And he's obviously he's um, he's Gimli. He's solid. Yes. Oh, I know. Um, I like I was like, I know that voice. <laughs> And I'm hearing Sala the whole time he's talking, and I'm giggling because the character he's playing is basically just Henry Jones Sr. <laughs> yeah. And he's and it was it was amazing. He's just it's just Indiana Jones, but Aladdin form. And it's amazing. It's so good. Did any of you guys watch Gargoyles? Uh yes, absolutely. Yes, loved Gargoyles. Um, John Reese Davis played like Macbeth in that series. Yep. So, I mean, I knew his voice Ugh. from that as a child. I was like, no, that's Macbeth. Oh, speaking of that, apparently Sean Connery was originally signed up to be Aladdin's father. Oh, because of but- course he was. Of course. <laughs> yeah, the character design is based pretty much right after him. And it's it's Aladdin yeah. in the Last Crusade is what this movie is, basically. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, speaking of family, the first idea for the storyline involved a villain from the Aladdin TV series called Maserath. I vaguely remember him being this pale wizard who was, like, wanting power, I guess? I don't remember. Again, haven't seen the series since, like, the 90s. The plot will reveal that the heroes and villain were brothers. 
However, everyone thought they should steer away from the series. So then this could be like a standalone trilogy. I can't believe I'm talking about this like it's a trilogy. It is a trilogy. And so they decided to do the father instead. Interesting. I mean, it, it was nice to learn a little more about Aladdin. Um, it was a really sad flashback that we got with little baby Aladdin, who is an yeah. orphan from uh, very much so long. So it's like he's definitely grown up on the streets. I feel like that just hits you a little more hard knowing. Uh, yeah, they never know, really the explore one. like that in the movies no. well, before right like this dude is like on his own as a kid and just like raising himself yeah and that that emotional connection that the backstory for aladdin he's not just some guy running around the street being very charismatic and shirt all open and everything you know he actually gets like like character we know a lot about jasmine or we know a lot about her like motivation and a lot about her like what makes her a unique and interesting person. But yeah, it really isn't until this, this movie, right? Where we get, it's not just cool. I'm a, I'm a thief Aladdin, but I'm a thief because I've been on my own because I was left alone from an early age. You get, you get so much more to him. It's yeah, nice. No one adopted him. He was just shut out. And it Robert. fits to, I was going to say, then it fits with the deleted uh, Proud of Your Boy number from the original movie that they brought back for the stage production. Oh, that song. Yeah. So it oh, kind of, you know, we, we kinda, it fits, it, it completes the Latin backstory picture a little bit more uh, as far as what happened to his dad. It does. Oh, okay. So going back to voice actors, let's talk about Robin Williams. He's back. And I was so happy. <laughs> He's back. He got a million dollars for this directed <laughs> VHS role. He also got an apology from John Roth for a Disney breaching an agreement of not using his voice in merchandise or marketing. Honestly, worth every penny Disney spent. Disney spent a million dollars to get him back, and it was totally worth it. It totally okay. showed in every inch but of this movie. But hear this. Dan Castanello already recorded everything. And there was animated footage and it all had to be scrapped. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. All, yeah, all of the scenes were rewritten to fit William's comedic style. And of course, he improved a lot of stuff. Like that whole scene with Jasmine when he's trying to cheer her up. That's all Robin Williams. Oh, you mean when he does Mrs. Doubtfire? Pretty yeah. much. Hysterical. He's <laughs> hysterical. I wrote that down. That's one of my notes. I was like, oh, look at that A plus Mrs. Doubtfire reference. Honestly, this movie, you could turn it into a drinking game of uh, just spotting all the pop culture references. It's well, like, it's not even not even just pop culture. In this one, it's all Disney, Disney references. Yep. Like, there's the princesses. He turns into Pumbaa. Pluto. Uh, Pluto. Tinkerbell at the very beginning. Yep. It's like constant Disney meta references, it basically. It really is. And then I think at one point he says, like, oh, I think I... Uh, what I had an out-of-movie yeah. body experience. Yeah. Yes, thank yeah. you. I think that was after Pumbaa. And I was just like, oh, this is, it's really going hard. I mean, the white rabbit, I was like, took me out for a moment. Pocahontas. Pocahontas took me out. I was like, the Pocahontas joke after he says Geronimo a million times yeah. and then says Pocahontas as a kid had me rolling. I, I thought that was the funniest thing. And I looked at Hilarious. it just now and was like, well, <laughs> that's something they had decided to include. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a lot of things I did not understand as a kid, like the Rocky reference. And 
Guys, do you guys want to talk about some of the inappropriate quotes from the genie? Um, oh, I wrote one down. I wrote one down very specifically. Um, Is it, I thought, thought the, the earth, earth wasn't was supposed mm-hmm. to move until the honeymoon. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I did not get that as a child at oh, all. There man. was a lot. I was like, oh, they went for it. Yep, he that- also says, somebody rub my lamp when he's yep. really excited. Ooh, I was yikes. like, oh, oh, no, no. <laughs> yep. I did not catch that. But that's the beauty of it is like you – it goes over kids' heads. 100%. Like that's why it's great going to see it because you get the jokes that kids don't. Oh, speaking of something I didn't get as a kid, in Party in Agrabah, Aladdin says the party is all for him. And now I'm like, excuse you, you were just the groom. This is about you and the bride. Oh, my gosh. On the same note, I made my first note that I wrote down in uh, while watching this movie is Jasmine walks her own self down that aisle. I was so proud of my girl. Like, (laughs) that is so good. She had some uh, Hermione moments of punching. I was like, yes. Yes. That's who you go for, Hermione, with punching? Well, it's because they made her also really docile. So... You don't expect it out of her, right? And then yeah. all of a sudden she's throwing fists and faces. I know. It's- and I was like, hell yeah, this is a Jasmine I want to see, not the one who's like, oh, Aladdin. I'm like, no, give me sassy Jasmine. You know what we're <laughs> what what still is still bothering me though is the same thing that bothered me about about Return of Jafar is that the the conflict of this movie or of big conflict of this movie relies so much on Aladdin being a ding dang liar. Just, just, <laughs> yeah, keeping secrets and not saying anything. And in Return of Jafar, at least, like, he is in the doghouse for it, like, a little bit. But in this one, he, he's like, oh, yeah, the King of Thieves, like, when he finally gets called out for his lie, oh, yeah, the King, uh, the King of Thieves is my father. My father is the King of Thieves. Jasmine's like, oh, my God, that's so nice of you to bring him here. <laughs> and I was like, Jasmine, no, he lied to you again. Again. We just watched the whole movie about how that's bad. And the whole thing is like, he broke the law. Like, as a kid, I was like, yeah, no, they should totally forgive him because he did the right thing. But, but he literally broke a wanted criminal out of jail. <laughs> like, that's bad. That's really bad. Robert, what were you going to say? I was going to say it. And after that initial sequence where Jasmine's sort of fighting back, she spends most of the whole rest of the movie just kind of sitting around waiting for Aladdin to return from doing things. And that really bummed me out, too, as a big, you know, a big fan of the original movie where she has at least some agency. And then having the third one, the whole movie being about them and their quest to finally get married. And she's just sitting around being like, oh, I just want to be married. When is well, Aladdin coming back? And that's pretty much her arc, I guess, for this film. Yeah, it is. Yeah. She throws a statue at some guys. I yeah, mean, thank hey. God she at least gets to go on that mission at the end. Oh, oh true, well, true. She's yeah. at the, it was more like an afterthought, which I right. didn't like. And, <laughs> you know, but I, I'm glad she got to fight. And I was like, thank goodness she's throwing some punches because they made her so weak. And in the first movie, what I liked about Jasmine was like, she had attitude. She was sassy. She was like, no, you're going to listen to me. She like had her tiger attack people that she didn't want to marry. You know, she was she was a baddie. And now I'm like, ugh, all right. This whiny girl. She gets Padmaid by the end of her trilogy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We're using that as a verb now. (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) 
But it's so true. That is that is a perfect mm, reference. Yes. Yeah. Um, also, did it not bother anyone that when Jasmine was sinking at the end of the movie, I'm like, you the magic carpet's right there. Why aren't you on it? They're just sitting there. The carpet's sitting there like a person next to her yeah. on the on the roof. Like yeah, they're just like drowning, almost drowning. But I'm like, why aren't you on the carpet? The carpet can hold like six people on it. Apparently, I don't know why they were bothering. That was so silly. Oh, it made me upset. I was just like, really, Jasmine. Um, another thing I really liked about this movie was the bromance between um, Kazam and uh, Iago. Okay, so let's talk about Iago for a second. So the last movie, we see him, his redemption arc, I guess, for lack of a better term. He goes from the villain to a hero. But in this movie, he's just going all the way back. And if you don't see the series, you're like, why are they hanging out with this bird? It was so, so silly. My One of, one of my notes here just reads, damn it, Iago. Like, when he... It, I wrote that down when he was helping uh, the King of Thieves break in to get the Oracle. And I was just like, come on, Iago, like Aladdin stuck his neck out for you last movie. And you were supposed to be a good guy. And now now your motivation is all the way back to stealing treasure all over again. I, well, I think he's dining out on the fact that he's the one that kicked Jafar's lamp into the... <laughs> Like into the fire or whatever at the end of the last one. So anytime they're ready to get rid of Iago, he's like, hey, hey, who got rid of Jafar? I'm like, damn it. All right, Iago, welcome back. But (laughs) one thing he says to Lennon's dad at the end of the movie, he's like, you're good, but you're not that good. And I was like, no wonder they're buddies because they're in that gray area. They have heroic moments, but, you know, they're not that great. Which I was like, all right, I kind of liked it. What did you guys think about Aladdin risking it all to... Get his dad out of prison. Because, I don't know. I was like, that's a huge risk, Aladdin. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It bothered me a little bit. It's a very Aladdin thing to do, though. Sorry, Brie, go ahead. That's true. Yeah. But it's like, and he thought of it so quickly, too. I'm like, you got to plan this out, dude. I mean, I kind of get it where he didn't want to see his father, like, waste away in a dungeon. He's like, all right. But, um, yeah, he's impulsive. You know, Aladdin, he doesn't think. Obviously, he doesn't know when to tell Jasmine anything. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, he's a mess. He's a mess. But, I mean, a lovable mess, I guess. Definitely. So their whole quest, what Kasim, Aladdin's father, wants is the Hand of Midas, which turns anything to gold. And I guess they don't have that, like, tale to explain, like, why that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, I guess if, if, if Midas isn't the, the, the fable or the myth yeah. in this, it's just a, an artifact that lets them do that. Um, yeah, like, the danger, obviously, of uncontrolled greed is the, is the moral of the end of this, uh, at the end of this. And the real treasure was the friends we made along the way. Oh my god. <laughs> my real I, treasure is you. My son. As a child, I thought that was the most profound thing. I was like, mind blown. That's beautiful. How do they write this? <laughs> <laughs> but when the villain, 
Saluk touches the Midas hand. He turns to gold. And that was kind of some body horror for kids. It's a little horrific. He deserved it. Damn, right? <laughs> <laughs> really I will have to say, though, when watching this, I was at the beginning, um, when you think Aladdin just straight up murdered someone, I was like, damn, they went there? Yeah, and he's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, are you apologizing for murder? Then you see Saluk, like, he beats up a shark. Oh, I know. Poor shark. <laughs> He's trying to survive. So actually, okay, so in the trailer of several Disney home videos before the release of this movie, when Saluk and Aladdin are fighting, you actually see, like, blood on his arm. and Because Saluk has, like, these, like you guys were saying, like, the wolverine claws. The wolverine claws and are so cool. parents complained that, what? I said Sorry. they're so cool, the wolverine claws. They're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> The parents complained the blood was inappropriate because it made the movie seem too violent. So Okay, Karens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the man. blood spot was edited out before the release, but you still see Aladdin like clutching his arm. And I did think that was dramatic as a kid. I was like, oh my God, Aladdin's hurt. What are we going to do? <laughs> well, I don't know. Aladdin just straight up murdered the guy afterwards. Just, so. Just- Totally murders some dude. Um, it was self defense, guys. <laughs> no, I know. It totally doesn't surprise me at all that that somebody would complain about that. I once was I was babysitting this kid once. We were watching Beauty and the Beast, which is a, a perfect movie, and um, okay. and the mom came home right in the middle of the scene where the wolves are chasing Belle through the um, through the forest when she's leaving or when she yeah. tries to escape, and. Um, the wolves are growling and we're watching. We're having a great old time. The mom comes over, comes home and is like, we don't watch this movie in this house. It's too scary for my kid. I was like, the kid's like four years old. What? Like this kid isn't like an infant that's going to be traumatized or, you know, like it's also it's beauty and the beast for goodness sake. Like what? So it doesn't surprise me at all that somebody would complain about like, like a drip of blood on, on and Aladdin's shirt. this was shirt. back in the 90s. <laughs> mm-hmm. So people... People had to call or write letters or something like that, you know? Some very serious, dedicated Karens. What century did they live in? Because at their wedding, Cleopatra and Anthony were there, and I got really confused. Oh, Bree, do you not know this theory? Have you not Have you not Robert, heard the theory? Robert, do you know theory? this theory? Yes, I do know a little bit about this am I, theory. Am Robert, I the one can, in the dark? Yeah, you yeah are. I think you might be. Do you want to go, Alice? Do you want to explain this to Brie? No, you go ahead. Okay, you guys add in if I miss anything, because I'm doing this off the top of my head. But you know how the genie has all these references to pop culture things, yeah. right, Brie? Oh, yeah, the drinking game, yeah. Yeah, the drinking game. Anyway, and he says he's been in there for a thousand years. So the theory is, since Agrabah is not on any map and we don't know where it is, this is a post-apocalypse wasteland. I can't say it. Apocalyptic. So, so he says in, in the first movie, he says, uh, he actually says, 10,000 years can give you such a crick in the neck. So right. he's been in Thank there you. for at least 10,000 years. So the, yeah, the theory goes that this is actually like 10,000 years in the future, which is why he knows all of the modern references as well as can cite, uh, you know, Cleopatra and, and all of them. Also, I, I like were Cleopatra like were they really there at the wedding or because like the genie was narrating like a red he carpet was. and that he was also being some of the characters <laughs> on think, the red carpet. Yeah. So I, didn't I don't think he was Cleopatra though. No, they didn't. They looked like actual right like, no, characters. Like but Osiris, Osiris, <laughs> right? And the word to you, Robert. You're a dad. Was yeah. that like best dad joke ever? Oh yeah, of course. All of that stuff. You're I'm, Thor? I'm because it hurts. Because it hurts. Yeah. 
No, that was great. I love that. I was like, all right, get some Joan Rivers vibe here, narrating the wedding. It was great. I It just threw me for a loop because I was like, where are we in this land? And then there's a vanishing island with a turtle. Oh, yes. That's where the Midas hand is. Right. And it's on an island that's never in the same place twice because it's on a turtle's back. But it's a huge turtle, and it, it somehow, I mean, you would think you would see the shell with the island. Are you trying to find logic in this movie, Brie? You know what? I should not. I was going to say, just quick, on the on the uh, the references during the wedding, I love that uh, Cleopatra and Caesar are there, and they're bringing a salad, as far as <laughs> Yeah, it was go. Caesar, not, not Anthony. Uh, I love correct. that. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that's true. That's re- very funny. I was going to say the logic in this movie dictates that when you touch the Midas hand to the statue you're standing on, the whole room turns gold. But when you wrap it in your cape, in your cloak, only the cape turns gold and the rest of your clothes are fine. So yeah. logic, not this movie's strong suit. You're right, because I would have assumed that the water would have turned just to solid gold, but it stayed yellow water. I'd like to think that it was just reflecting the gold from around it, but it also might have just turned into liquid, cold gold. I don't, I don't know. It's, guys, is Raja in this movie? Uh, yes, Raja. Ca- yes, Raja. Raja carries the train of Jasmine's dress. Oh, yep. yeah. Just That's at the it. Very, yeah. Damn, damn it! No screen time for Raja. I know. A tragedy. It really is. Yeah, Jasmine says I never had a real true friend. And I'm like, Raja's right there. Oh, I know. That's why you don't see him through most of the movie. He oh. he uh, he goes off on his own little thing. It's true. Yeah, I, well, I guess when Jasmine's acting like that, I would go off too. Oh, I know. Well, Aladdin like, says something bitch. like the same line at, at the movie too. And Aladdin's like, I never really had a friend or family. And who's like, um, excuse you? I was... Like, both of them, I guess they really are suited for each other, right? Both of them only yeah. had animals as friends. Um, That's another thing they're... why this it takes place in, the like, a future time, like, w- when all the animals are more human-like and understand English. Like, Planet of the Apes meets Mad Max kind of deal. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It is interesting that, really, socially, they, they only have one another. But maybe that's why he lies so much, because he doesn't know how to communicate well, that's how he survived on the streets. We see him kind of like, will lie about stealing and stuff like that. And why she doesn't know any better to like call him out for his shit. Like, yeah, she'll just take yeah. it. They're like both like have no social skills. None. Devastating. I hope that marriage works. <laughs> They're perfect for each other. Um, and Fine. maybe, maybe now that Aladdin is, uh, is royalty by marriage, he can get rid of that guard that keeps trying to kill him. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh. Gleefully yeah, kill him. Well, you guys, do you realize that since his father, Kasim, is the king of thieves, Aladdin has been a prince all along. Oh my God. Oh. Are you? Robin Hood <laughs> style. Prince of thieves. Prince of thieves. So good. That's really funny. They really are meant to be together. Yeah. Look at that. Disney magic. <laughs> That's cute. I want to talk about, there was an, another note that I that I took um, talking about, I guess we can tie it to he's been royalty this whole time. But I want to talk about the theme that was running through this movie about, um, like, with the song um, Out of Thin Air and the idea that when Jasmine says, uh, I know him, I know your father because I know you, 
the idea of like how powerful like a bloodline is or how like your family is so much a part of you, whether you want them to be or not, is like a really hard stance for Disney to take in this. Like, um, definitely. And I, I think they've evolved past that um, since. Like, it, it reminded me instantly of like Rise of Skywalker, of like mm-hmm. of Rey and 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 her backstory, you know, and her family and how she can choose, you know, to avoid very your, avoid your destiny or whatever. <laughs> um, but like. So this is like like obviously that's the like the opposite thing. But for Disney to take like a stance of like your parents are your parents and your family is your family, like regardless of how you grew up with or without them, like um like that's gonna be a part of you forever is like I don't know. It it kinda didn't sit exactly right with me. Yeah. Especially in the nineties when there's a bunch of like latchkey kids and kids from like just like different homes yeah or ad- adopted children or yeah. i mean it, it's um i mean I, I i guess i get it like if you want that connection to your family or something but blood like holding you to some sort of destiny or some kind of like greater purpose or something but this i don't think was it i don't think that was the right way to do it they could have done it a different way you know if if he was more having an existential crisis. Oh, my dad was alive the whole time. He left to go be, you know, this king of thieves. And she's like, you know, it would have been better if she's like, you know, he he may be your bloodline, but it doesn't mean uh, that his life, you know, affects you or whatever. You know, it, it could have been taken in a, a lot more progressive way. I guess we could argue this is before because Oracle is being all Obi Wan Kenobi from a certain point of view. <laughs> says he is a prisoner. Of the 40 thieves. So oh, it makes within. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he thinks, so they all think, okay, well, Aladdin does need to rescue him. He's probably a great guy. Probably been through some trauma, but we'll be one big fat happy family after this. But then after it comes out that he's the king of thieves, the Sultan and Jasmine are like, no, we understand. You tried, but you know. It's not you kind of thing. It's him. Although, I mean, he's definitely him. Yeah. Although Aladdin um, still has lying problems, so. If I was Jasmine, I'd be worried with Aladdin's thrill-seeking that he's going to follow in his father's footsteps. Exactly. Yeah. And she just said, you know, I know him because I know you. And now she's like, <laughs> right. okay, well, now I've met him and he's a big bad criminal and has a tendency <laughs> to I'm run away. I'm about yeah, a wedding I mean, now. <laughs> Oops. What are her children going to be like? <laughs> Listen, she was just like, he's the hottest guy here. I'm marrying him. <laughs> it's so true. Hey, speaking of hot, Aladdin has a hot dad. I'm just saying. Oh, my gosh. You're into he's daddy a, types. a very hot dad, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tweeted that. It got some likes. It's okay. I'm not the only one. Also, my friend Krista, she was like, she's using my Disney Plus account. And she's like texting. She's like, Aladdin's dad is hot. I was like, yeah, he is. <laughs> Uh, that was off topic. I bet I felt no, the no, need. I put you, a note in there. You guys should say it. I mean, I'm definitely <laughs> sure some people found him. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so this film grossed $186 million going from a topic now, making it the fourth highest grossing direct-to-video animated feature of all time. Wow. So they got their money back from uh, Robin Williams. Yeah. That's a million dollars for a direct-to-home video. I so mean, wait, fourth, totally fourth highest grossing direct-to-video 
What are the higher? What are, what what are, are the, the other ones? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Let me see here. Yeah, I'd like to know. Them. I'm curious. Are they all Disney? That's the other thing I want to know. <laughs> Probably. Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. So that be, yeah, that <laughs> that's be, on the list, right? <laughs> for sure. It has to be. That was a, that was a good one. That one was, uh, like, it was good. It also, it, they made a huge deal about it when it came out. Yeah. Like, that That was everywhere. Um, yeah, I can't find I'm going to guess like, Little Mermaid 2 also. I'm going to say Little Mermaid 2 also. Was oh, my God. I cannot wait for Little Mermaid 2. They made such a big deal about that when it came out. And we all, like, rushed out to get it as soon as it dropped, basically. Oh, this one too. I was I'm at my parents right now and my dad comes in and he's like, What are you watching? I'm like, the third Aladdin movie and he's like, They made three of them? I'm like, <laughs> dude, you bought me both of them. <laughs> you spent your money he didn't on know this. what he's He's just like, ah, yeah, sure. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay. A movie for the kids, it's Disney. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down in front of the TV and watch it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was my family too, for sure. Yeah, it's like. But my mom, okay. my mom loved Disney movies. She always did. Um, if we were watching anything in the house, it probably had to be Disney. And she also really enjoyed talking about. We we mentioned this before, but every time a, a an animated movie or a kids movie has a joke that's just for the adults, it's her favorite thing. She, she <laughs> she's like, if seen. I'm if I'm forced to sit here and watch kids movies with my children all day long, they better have something for me too. We, I cannot tell you how many times in a row we watched Shrek. Just constantly watching Shrek in my house. She thought it was the funniest thing. They used the word ass more than once. And she was like, this is great. This is appropriate for children. And I get to laugh at ass jokes. And, and so like uh, the, the honeymoon, the earth shaking honeymoon joke, my mom would have lost it. She would have been like, all right, we're going to watch this movie again because I need something. She stayed at home with both of us, you know, and, and she just kids entertainment all the time without even stopping. So yeah, well, something like that. It's perfect for perfect for oh, adults. Speaking of grown-ups, oh, at the end, when Aladdin and Jasmine are on the magic carpet after they get married, I was like, oh, they're like DTF right now. <laughs> it was very intense. I was like, oh, oh, I feel awkward looking at them. It's a kid's movie. <laughs> I know. I was like, guys. <laughs> Um, real quick to bring it back to the beginning of the movie, because I just recalled this. Um, couldn't the genie have put more effort into stopping the 40 thieves from, like, stealing or ruining? Because, like... He was too busy... Commentating. Being, yeah, yeah, being Joan Rivers, like... I just thought that was a little... I was like, all right, stepping in the last minute, like America, Sure. I mean, oh, jeez, wow. that was so awesome. Uh, he, yeah, he literally could have snapped his fingers, and all forty of those thieves could have been just back out in the desert. It, it's a, it's a yeah. thing that that the genie can do, and he just doesn't. I know. I that's why I was like, "What is going on?" But and I was the like, "Genie's bored, guys. He's bored. He needs some entertainment. He's like, I'm gonna see how this plays out. Not well." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, definitely not. Oh, well. okay, and the so cuffs thing still bothers me a lot. I know we talked about it in Return oh, of the yeah, Jedi. We talked about this it. last episode is that they put the cuffs back on him, even though it's a symbol of him being enslaved. Yeah, that always that always bothered me, too, actually, yeah. as a kid watching these. Oh, speaking of costumes, Aladdin gets a street rat upgrade. Did you guys notice that? His clothes, his 
his purple vest and his pants aren't like tattered anymore. Ooh. They're like upgraded. Yeah, and he so wore a couple of different outfits in this movie. Even his dad's yeah. cloak, you know, like we're really mixing it, mixing it up for Aladdin. Ooh, Aladdin and yeah, his dad's Jasmine. cloak was Trace Manifique. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that's race type. <laughs> so Iago calls um, Kasim at the beginning Zorro. How does that's he know who Zorro is? That's a pretty Genie, good reference. I guess, yeah, Genie informed him, kept like, him up to date on things. Yeah, I was like, I guess everybody's making references now. There's no logic, Candace, remember? Yeah. <laughs> it takes place in the future. I love that theory. It's an interesting theory, for sure. One question I'm curious about, how does everybody think that Saluk uh, compares to Jafar as a villain, since he's really the only main villain in this trilogy other than Jafar? Well, he's better than Jafar was in Return of Jafar. I was just about but, to say that, Candace. I will, I will, cons- well, J- Return of Jafar is admittedly not a great movie, but it's a guilty pleasure of mine because I love the character of Jafar and I love his song in that uh, because it's more Jafar. But yeah, uh, but yeah that, I mean, song. that's that much is clear. And and as we mentioned earlier, the animation in this one is so much better. The, the Return of Jafar feels like a crappy TV pilot because that's kind of what it is for the show, really. Yeah, I, that's definitely what it was meant to be because we were talking about this last time. It's like, they just wanted Iago on the show. So that's much. why Return of the Jafar was created, was to get Iago out of the lamp and into the show. And it's the shortest movie ever. I think it's like 63 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised to see that this movie was an appropriate length for being a film and not, not just... An extended pilot. This was this movie was like an hour and thirty five minutes or something like that. Like a yeah. like a good length mm-hmm. animated feature. There's no way that Salute could be as good. Is that even his name? As good of a villain as Jafar. Like I don't even remember his name really. And I've <laughs> and I just watched it. Um, but I mean, he's not as memorable as Jafar. His character design was really cool. The Wolverine claws were excellent. Made him really like on screen noticeable. Um, but he, he is just, he's not as, he was not as menacing or as dangerous as Jafar was. Jafar was just a really good villain mm-hmm. and just a, like an A plus top tier Disney villain. Well, yeah, he and had a stronger motivation as well. Yeah. You know, here I, we get, he doesn't like Aladdin's dad, but I, I want to know Same. why. He has a name, Kasim. Kasim, sorry, Kasim, Kasim, Kasim. Well, he says, well, were you not paying attention to the best song ever? Are you in or out? Yeah. He says, like, he didn't like because Aladdin's dad is soft, you know? Well, I know, but that to me yeah, is... It's a managerial style thing. I guess so. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, like, okay, so it's like office space, but Aladdin? Like, <laughs> like yeah. to me, that's not a strong enough motivation. That's why I was like, there has to be more to that story, you know? They could have. Kasim probably stole his girlfriend or something. We don't know. <laughs> well, he is modeled after James Bond, after all. I think it's smart that they went with someone like Saluk as opposed to the the character that that you mentioned, Candace from the animated show. Because yeah. if they if he was indeed a wizard, that's too close to Jafar. Like that's at least, very true. You know, the, oh, the, yeah. Saluk is more of like the the uh, brawler, like kind of a Bane type physical uh, threat, as far as you know, more of a and less of a strategic, you know, puppet master style uh, scheming. So I, I think that was a good way to mix it up. That's a good point. I think I vaguely recall because I. I lied. I did watch the Aladdin series, 
when I babysat. I remember Iago called that character Jafar Jr. So that's a very good point, Robert. Yeah. And he was just like an angsty, pale wizard. Kylo Ren? <laughs> I was thinking Anakin, but yeah, I guess Kylo Ren would work Ouch. too. <laughs> just, I don't know how to rank these or even grade these. Well, it's a step above uh, Return of Jafar. So I think <laughs> most things are. I think that's a pretty big step, maybe. <laughs> a large step, yeah. Um, so I think this is number one so far. Yeah, definitely. But would you guys watch this if we didn't have to do this podcast? We don't have to do this podcast also, <laughs> but like if we weren't recording this, would you watch this for fun? Uh, this one I would. Yeah, this one I this one I would revisit, uh, not just for the nostalgia factor either. I just I thought it was fun. It was definitely Robert, will you show this to your kid? <gasps> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, my wife and I, because I grew up with these the whole trilogy. I showed her the, the sequels like a, like last year, a few months ago or whatever, uh, just because I love that first film so much. And, you know, also after the live action one, I'm really hoping that they take some of the um, some of the inspiration from the sequels, just as far as taking Arabian Nights and that kind of mythology and building on it in the way that kind of the uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise has just borrowed from that kind of mythology, Davy Jones, the black spot and kind of mm-hmm. sprinkled it in throughout then its own version of it. I hope that that's what they do with the live action ones. So, cause I think there is that, that idea has a lot of potential too. I completely agree. there's so much that could be done there. I mean, gosh, a thousand and one nights, right? Like that's, there's so many stories and so much like lore around the idea of the story of Aladdin and Sherzada and all of that. Like there it's there, there's so much could be done. And I think a, a, a King of Thieves sequel for the live action Aladdin would be perfect. So Robert, can you tell people how to find you on the internet? Yeah, you could find uh, me on Twitter at Crooked Table. You can find the Crooked Table podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, crookedtable.com. I have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so a lot of great episodes coming up in the weeks ahead. We're continuing with our Harry Potter, uh, you know, re- revisit through, uh, through that franchise as well. So. Oh no, I'm gonna have to watch a Harry Potter. Yeah, you are. I mean, like, oh no. <laughs> I'm mad at her. I know, but that's not. Harry Potter wrote Harry Potter. That's not how it works, Bree. Is my head. Alice. Harry Potter's a historical you- figure, yeah. <laughs> Alice, why don't you plug your podcast? Sure. Um. Well, I got a couple. Um. Uh, Buddy Duquesne and I host a, a couple of podcasts. Uh, we just put out a new episode of. Uh, Those Happy Places, which is a podcast about theme parks, rides, and attractions, and why they deserve to be thought about as literature. Um, We are doing a series right now on on why sports and sports teams and sports games uh, are like mini theme parks. And, um, And that's been really fun to do. We just wrapped up a series on the Enchanted Tiki Room called Birds of Paradise, um, which I think people would like if they like Disney and, and stuff like that. Um, and a new episode of Rogue Fun, a podcast story is going to be out in the next week or so. We watch Rogue One, a Star Wars story for the podcast, Rogue Fun, a podcast story. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, that should be coming out. And those, all of those podcasts are available wherever Rogue Fun's even on Spotify now. And I'm on Twitter and on Instagram at Alice White THP for those happy places. My Twitter is Candace is a geek, right? Uh, oh man, it's just my name, which is long. It's a uh, Brie Osmude, which you can't spell that knowingly. <laughs> I'm just, I, 
Maybe I'll make it simpler at some point. Okay. Well, thank you all for taking your time to talk about pretty good film. I have a feeling, though, a lot of the other movies are not going to be able to compare. <laughs> so we'll we'll go to that. We'll get to that. I hope you all have a happily ever after until the sequel. <laughs>